welcome to Don't Tell Mama, where we spill the sweet tea on all things Southern. I'm Mandy. I'm Leah. I'm Katie. And you're listening to Don't, Don't Tell Mama. this fact a while ago, Katie, that mm-hmm. women are more likely to talk about their period than money. Hmm. That's funny. Didn't we do a period episode before this episode? We sure did. We did talk about <laughs> periods before money. <laughs> exactly. And why, why is that? Why is money so taboo? I feel like growing up in the South, we've kind of been taught to talk about money as rude or un- Mm, uncouth or I'm thinking of trying to think of another adjective uh tacky tacky is a good way to put it it's almost like like, you have to it's like you want to show show out that you're um keeping up with the Joneses or keeping up with your neighbors but you don't want to talk about it like keep it hush we're not talking numbers we just want to visually appeal and not you know step on any toes and I know, like I said, for sure, my grandparents were real, like, we're not going to talk about money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, we're just not going to bring it up or, you know, it's just something, you know, and it's a shame because as we'll talk about in this episode, like it gets us into some trouble with our generation, not talking about money in our household, not money, talking about money at school. It's put a lot of people in a big financial pickle for sure. So true. Hopefully with this episode, we can kind of normalize it or help to normalize just chatting about money um, in a casual sense, and then maybe learn a little bit something from each other. So Mm -hmm. we do want to say that we are not financial experts, and this is not really supposed to be like a financial advice episode, but we just want to give you some perspective and give you kind of some food for thought on money. Correct. Correct. We are by no means money professionals. Uh, This is just our little um, tidbit of what we've learned and um, kind of like the current thoughts on it. So here we go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's start with our relationship with money. Mandy, would you say that you have a good or what, what, how would you describe your relationship with money? Uh, I don't know. I'd almost say we're like friends with benefits, maybe. (laughs) Like, I think I have, okay. So my, I have good financial control, but I also have this guilt with spending money, which is not the best thing. Hence the like friends with benefits. Right. Right. Where do you think your guilt comes from? Like why? And it's really funny because I was really not raised in a save, 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 like kind of household. Uh, but I just have always had this personality to like save my money. Mm-hmm. And I guess it came from pension pennies to go to college is my best guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more in depth. Also, like my career prospects after college as well. Right. Right. That which I think sense. we both have this in common. 
yeah, very much so. <laughs> we we interestingly um, like both chose a career path that's a little rocky in the financial department. <laughs> but... uh, in, in, in layman's terms, me and Katie have no money. <laughs> yes, like yes. me and Katie are not the people to rob. <laughs> Yeah, let's repeat. We have no money. There is nothing. If you steal my credit card, have fun. There's no money. (laughs) Okay. So I I would say, let's see, my financial or like my relationship with money is is very similar. It's like, actually, it's more like instead of friends with benefits, I like ignore, I ghost this friend. I pretend like it's not there. I pretend like it's not even a thing. I am not the person to check like um, consistently on uh, on apps, you know, like on my finances and things, but I'm really, really, really trying to turn that around. So I'm trying to better my relationship um, and kind of um, open up about the subject to, um, you know, stay in communication with my partner and um, understand our finances more and ha- and in turn, hopefully our be- budgeting will get better. And um, yeah, anyway. And actually so that's where I'm some at. of the hardest conversations I've had with my partner has been over money, Yeah, which I think sure. is common. And we come from a, so our grandparents, we're, since we talk about momos in the South, right. a common thing for grandmas in the South would be they had one bank account and grandma was in charge of it. Grandma Mm -hmm. signed the checks and balanced the checkbook and then grandpa would go to work, you know, and that was a common thing. Like when my grandmother died, my grandfather didn't even know how to write a check. Wow. If that tells you anything. (laughs) Yeah. But then me and Ed are the exact opposite to where we only share one bank account and we have separate bank accounts. So you share one and then you have your personal. Well, we actually just share one savings account for travel. And we have our separate savings and checking accounts and separate cards. Wow. See, that's, that's kind of similar. I remember my, um, so Beverly, my, um, Mm -hmm. on my mom's side, uh, she has always been a a really like, um, insistent checkbook keeper. Right. So every Mm -hmm. purchase she makes, I would see her write it out. Now I think she does it all online, but for the most part, she's, um, very involved in that sense. And I, I think I honestly learned more about finances from her because she was well off. We're talking, um, you know, um, what do you call that? Not blue blood or like, Middle class like, or upper middle class? Yeah, let's say let's say upper middle class. Like my mom as a child got a pony, you know, kind of thing. She asked yeah. for a pony for her birthday, received a mm-hmm. pony for her birthday, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um they were pretty well off, very um, you know, privileged in that sense. And I feel like she had her finances under check uh, and um, they own a lot of land and things like that. So, but I never really learned, learned anything like never sat down and had a talk about money. So that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm kind of the same way. Like my, uh, so my grandparents over the years grew up poor, but gained wealth through like the normal way most people did, which is a lot more difficult to do now where they worked hard for so many years, saved their money, paid off their house, Right. Invested some of it, had a retirement account and that made like all the difference, you know? Right. Yeah. They came from a generation that worked their butts off for, for, to be where they are, you know? And, and I feel like the, 
the American I don't know, dream has like, you don't think? I, I, I would argue, no, they did work hard. Okay. And they, yeah. they never took vacation. Like they have that American ideal of not taking vacation. But I feel like as millennials, we work double the amount for half the pay. Half the pay. Yeah. And you the know, living like, cost has high. gone up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a serious deal that needs to be addressed as well. But we're mm-hmm. not here to, to fix policy or, you know, <laughs> right, talk, right. you know, but it's just something to mention. But yeah, they did work hard and they didn't, you know, they took their one week of vacation a year for sure uh, and saved their money. But I do feel like we work more hours or more for less more yeah. jobs people in the eighties would have like, would have been like in the eighties in the eighties, this one job would have been three different people basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making a lot more than this current person is making. If you take into inflation into yeah. an account. And if you've heard the term gig economy, that's, that's where Mandy and I are, we're, you know, mm-hmm. working a few different jobs to, to make all ends meet. And that's where I think, I think that um, the American dream has shifted because of that. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. a very common for um, uh, people our age to be in that gig economy and um, work a, a ton of hours, various different jobs and still find it hard to keep up, you know, and keep up and pay, pay everything off. And, Oh man, do we have to talk about loans? Like, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. We're Let's gonna talk about that today for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so basically, me and Katie have are a similar relationship with money for sure. Leah actually has a completely different relationship with money than we do. So mm-hmm. I wish she was here to to talk about it, but she will be back. <laughs> she will be coming back. We miss her right now, but we just wanted yeah, yeah. to say she she has her own perspective. Maybe we could convince her to do an Instagram story about it. Oh, that would be nice. She's been super busy with work. Um, her her schedule follows the rain schedule in the desert. So she's on call, essentially. <laughs> yes, very. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So how do you keep up with your money? So now um, that I uh, have downloaded different apps, I have um, I use Venmo, PayPal, and I also use um, uh, my current bank app. So that's how mm-hmm. I keep up with my money. I check all of my um, uh, like deposits and um, people who request or money that I send to people. Um, I do that all online or on my phone. So that's how I keep up with it. How do you keep up with things, Mandy? So I'm actually not a hardcore check balancer, like checkbook balancer, which you would think with my personality. But since I've been doing um, online ESL teaching, I have to squirrel away so much of my stuff for taxes. So that Mm -hmm. I do like basically like a week, like a check-in. And also I plan bigger purchases way ahead of time. So it's not like I have to worry about the money in the bank. I already know how much money I will have by that time, but I don't do like every cent. Like I do a scroll every like so often, but now I am trying to get in the habit and I'm, I say I do it 15% of the time. I'm trying, I have an app called money log and this is not a sponsored ad or anything, but it's only like a dollar in the app store and it will do my balance on all my accounts. It'll, it's a log where I can say if I move money when I get paid and how much, 
I'm spending on different categories and it'll graph it for me later. So I've been, instead of having like a wad of receipts in my Mm -hmm. car or in, you know, in a pocket in my work bag, I've been just putting the total of the receipt and throwing it away (laughs) into that app. Same. So uh, I'll keep track of it online. Brady, Mm -hmm. my husband goes a step further. He has created our Excel spreadsheet that updates every time we add like a new, you know, it it has the formula and we update it every time we get money or um, spend money. And uh, we usually do a monthly check-in. We're trying to kind of make that happen more often, but you know, we're working on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we'll do a, an Excel spreadsheet and update it every so often with our budget. And, um, so my, uh, my paycheck is interesting because like I said, the gig economy is, um, uh, kind of interesting as well. I, I get money from all different places. So I, mm-hmm. I do private sessions with people. So that's just a deposit on a Venmo or PayPal account. And then I do, um, I should say, I teach private Pilates sessions and um, I get payment from Venmo and PayPal on that. And then everything else comes through direct deposit, right? Like a normal check. Let me just say, that I don't have like a consistent pay period. Yeah. That's the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a consistent pay period with all of my jobs or all of my gigs. So things get a little weird when it comes to my pay schedule. Uh, Brady's is very consistent. He works for, for, um, for he's faculty uh, at Virginia Tech. So it, it's like, you know, very consistent. Yeah. The library is consistent, even though it's like nothing. (laughs) Right. Right. It's it's almost like working for it. I just work for my benefits at the library. Basically I make nothing there. And then uh, out school pays once a week and then VIP kid, I still had the once a month option because I'd gotten used to it over the years as a teacher, but VIP kids about to go away. So that'll be only a little while longer. (laughs) And then you'll find either another gig or figure it out from there. I'll figure it out. (laughs) I guess where we are in life, we both probably have different financial priorities. So maybe let's talk about that. Let's dive Mm -hmm. in. I think that is an important thing to start with. So before you can even like get your finances in order, you need to like decide on your priorities. Like is your priority to start a family? Is your priority to buy a house? For me and Ed, our priority is to travel. So if you walk into our house, you will see that there is no rug in our living room. Our couch is 10 years old and we're okay with that. We don't need the biggest, brightest thing. We want to go travel. So that is how we live our life. And we focus our finances accordingly. Right. I've even heard you say that any free time you get or any time off, you want to spend it traveling. So you kind of budget accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So like the independent contractor stuff, like I save money not only to travel, but also to cover my bills while I'm gone. Cause you don't get paid when you do online ESL teaching. Like I do, you don't Mm -hmm. get paid when you're off. Right. So I would say right now in life, uh, Brady and my priorities are the same. We love to travel, but then I would also add, we love live music or live um, performances. Mm -hmm. So I would say we spend a lot of our money on that. Um, And a lot of it will go on a credit card first and then we'll chunk uh, chunk by chunk pay it off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wouldn't say that 
is the way to do it. It is what we do to Mm -hmm. um, afford that um, style of living and everything else goes straight to rent bills, like the necessities of life, right? Gas and Mm -hmm. food for us and insurance. Exactly. We're renting a new house. So from there, we uh, have to think about the um, insurance for the house as well. So, and that's all important. Health insurance is really important. uh, Car insurance. Car insurance, exactly. And then there's the pets too. The pets are (gasps) little, they can be little money (laughs) vampires as well. Yes, the bunnies owe me money. (laughs) Yeah, I have five critters that live in my house rent free right now. So, oh, we have to get them jobs, Manny. We got (laughs) to start pimping out our pets. (laughs) Yeah, because they, uh, yeah, they, they cost. I went, took one to the vet today and had to get her shots and microchipped, and that was $170. Which is actually not that bad. No, it could be could have been way more, but it was uh, three different shots and the microchip were in a a vet exam. So yeah, but those shots are important to keep them healthy for a while. So Mm -hmm, for sure. So that's so. This just your like so exactly. So if you're trying to like figure out your finances for sure, think about the type of lifestyle you have versus what your priorities are. Is it the lifestyle you want? A big thing I think we should talk about is, are you doing it to keep up with people or is this something you actually want? Because let's be real, social media is not real. What people put on social media is a curated little tidbit of their life. I'm not saying people that are on social media, some of them are not being unauthentic, but it is only a snippet of their life that they choose to show you and how they present it is up to them as well. So don't compare yourself to people on social media. Don't think, and I fall into this too. Like I get into these like rabbit holes where I'm like, Hey, I was like, I want a new coffee maker. And then I'm looking at like the $200 Nespresso machine and just like ready to buy it. But you know, really what I have works right now. (laughs) When you are thinking about your finances, like I said, ask yourself for sure what you want and do you want it because everyone else has it or do you really want it for sure? Ooh, I got a good question for you, Katie. Okay. Do you think someone who wants to save for a house should give up their Starbucks run? Yes. I think they, I think they totally should um, give up the Starbucks. It's like what? $5 for beans and water. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) So let's say, so let's say they spend $8 on, on their Starbucks run three times a week. So that's $24, $24 a week. Mm -hmm. And then that was $96 a month. And that would only save them 11, $1,152 in one year. And that's, and you need at least probably five grand for a down payment for a house. Would only save them. Yeah. That's a lot, actually. It is a lot of money for us because me and you were broke (laughs) always. I know. I know. That's our perspective. But in perspective of like, (laughs) I think uh, um, within reason, like you could always cut cut it down to once a week as well. There's other ways to do it. Um, I'm a really big fan of Nicole Lappin. She has a book called Rich Bitch, and she also has a podcast called Money Rehab. And she Mm -hmm. is a big proponent of you don't have to give up every single thing in your life that gives you joy to save money for X, Y, and Z. You just have to financially prioritize because there are people, um, I think Dave Ramsey, and then there's another one. He actually wrote a book called the latte factor. 
about mm. investing money and things, but they're like, give up the, give up the Starbucks, but she's not like that. And I appreciate that. And we are yeah. going to get into my extreme money movements I've done in a little while. We'll talk about nice, no spin, nice. but I'm not quite ready to, to go there yet. So sounds good. So you can, I think, keep some of your joy. <laughs> There's ways to still do right. that. Like you said, maybe instead of three times a week, you go once a week, or you could even change your order to something that's not $8. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You could probably like change it to an iced coffee instead of like an iced caramel macchiato. Like, I think you could do like an iced coffee with a pump of caramel syrup and a little milk and you would have a cheaper drink (laughs) and it'll probably taste similar (laughs) because it's the same caramel syrup for the caramel macchiato. And what they stick in the, any other drink. (laughs) Exactly. So, so maybe going back to this whole taboo idea, my parents, I don't remember them ever even expressing, um, you know, their financial state, unless I like, uh, unless I kind of pride, right. I had to get really curious and ask them. um, So can we afford this or can we do this or can we, you know, and dive into that. And even then they were still timid to share those things. And it's, I don't think it came from embarrassment. I think it came from like a, Oh, you're, you're a kid. You don't need to yeah. know about this. Yeah, yet. exactly. But in turn, I still don't know about it and I'm still mm-hmm. learning about it today. Did, so did you have an allowance growing up? Yes. And no, like it wasn't consistent and it wasn't, um, it wasn't a lot. It was like a couple dollars for doing chores every couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. So I never had that. We, we never did chores like a chore chart or, uh, and I'm right. not like, you know, it's not a big deal, but that's just right. something I, we never had in my house. That is also another thing I did not know with mm-hmm. money. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. a good thing I was in Girl Scouts because I think we did like a personal finance badge or something. And that's probably how I know anything <laughs> starting nice. out about money. Yeah. I don't know if I learned anything about my parents, like financial situation until I had to fill out FAFSA, FAFSA to go to school. FAFSA. Yeah. That's how you say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You had to, I had to do that to go to, you know, university and get federal and state aid. So I got Mm -hmm. to see how much my parents made and (laughs) figure out all that type of thing. When you went to university, you got grants. Um, I think I got one grant like a financial aid type thing that I didn't have to pay back but then everything else I paid out of pocket and took out student loans right that's like what everyone does and I'm still under the looming crushing what are other words to describe it like pressure of um, being in debt so um and I uh, deferred it for as long as I could. I paid back tiny bits of it as, you know, as much as I could afford, but I'm still paying it back. I paid off all mine in 2016. I didn't have any from USM. I had a hodgepodge of grants and mm-hmm. um, had a hodgepodge of grants and scholarships. So mm-hmm. I think I only owed 500 one semester to cover books. And then I, when I went to Edinburgh, I got a partial scholarship. So it covered half. So I took out a loan for the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think after interest began on it, when I had the grace period, cause you get like a six month grace period, it was like 23,000. And I paid that off in 2016. Nice. Nice. Which was a good Congrats. feeling. I did have some help. Like, I think 
you know, a couple of family members kind of helped me towards the end, get it paid off quicker. So the only debt we have right now is my car and the house. So with debt, if you have to do any big purchase, you're going to have to take, you know, if you need a big purchase for anything, you're going to have to take on debt unless you are just independently wealthy or you wait a long time or like you follow this new trend of people like fixing up old school buses and living in them, which I'm totally cool with. You, you do you, that is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is just a thing. Yeah. Mortgages, they have their own language loans, credit cards. They are all their own financial monster Goliath, you know, Goliath giants, you know? Uh, So we need do need to talk about our generation and debt and especially credit card debt. Do you have a credit card, Katie? I do have a credit card and technically both Brady and I are in debt. Hopefully we'll get that paid off within the next year at least. And then, you know, we can kind of be free of that. Yeah. Credit cards are the worst everyone because a lot of people don't realize is they have the highest interest of all the loan, yes. all of the, all of the things, you know? So right. if you have a lot of credit card debt, you are paying for something you bought like five years ago, 10 times over with the interest mm-hmm. basically. So Called it is compounding interest. Yes. Compounding interest is a monster. And it's something that everyone needs to be made aware of before they sign up for a credit card. But of course they are not. <laughs> so Yes, it is a very bad, like, I just, I know so many people who lived off of loans and credit cards for college and they are in such a financial pickle because mm-hmm. they're doing jobs like, you know, teacher, you know, they'll, it's going to take them forever to pay that off. Right. Right. And that's where the gig economy comes in, where even a teacher who's a full-time, you know, uh, a person, state employee, uh, state employee, and they still need another job to afford life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah, that is where things are yeah. and credit cards. Uh, yeah, no, what I do with my credit card is I actually will not put anything on it unless I have the money to pay it off Smart. within one pay period. So I don't pay the interest on in my credit card, but I do get the points. So, right. I've already paid one trip. I've paid for my ticket to Vietnam with travel points from my one credit card. I still have. That's great. Yeah. Do you, do you get a cash back bonus on any of your uh, credit cards? I can, but the best, so cash back is not that good of a a deal. Paying off the balance is not that good of a deal. Best two deals on my type of card in particular is either cashing it in for travel, travel miles, like hotels or plane tickets or getting gift cards. More credit cards, more problems, right? More credit cards equals more problems. So for sure. And then if you have too many, that's a problem. And then if you start just, if you're trying to say, get a loan for something, if you start canceling them, that's a ding on your credit score as well. Right. So exactly. that is also something your credit score always fluctuates and the worse your credit score is the higher interest you pay on any loan you get, or you will be straight up denied because you are a bad investment for right. a bank or a financial lending facility. So if you So basically a lot of these goals we're talking about, like buying a house and things you need to actually decide, like, is your credit score good enough? Is it even about saving money or do you have to get your credit score under control first? Right. Right. And the, and the thing that gets everyone, Mandy, is the, uh, the 0% interest. That's why everyone wants to open that new card for the big purchase because the 0% interest. Mm-hmm. But once that's up, it goes straight back to compounding. So, yeah, 
So usually with debt, so credit cards are the worst, then car, car loans, then mortgage and student loans are usually, if they're not private, they have a little control on them. They're usually not as high interest. kind of talk about for a minute my no spends over the years and I've gone I've done about three or four of them when I was just trying to save for different things or I just felt really like I'd spent too much money around Christmas time a couple of years I'm like okay from January to February or January to March I'm just not going to spend money on extra things I'm only going to do essentials and it was good because it does show how little you really need for some things like you could go walk on the beach for free Mm-hmm. as entertainment or, and I've kind of moderated it over the years as well. Like I allowed myself like a $20 fun budget each month during some of the no spend. So if I went to meet someone for greenhouse, that was like in the budget. But if I went to greenhouse, I couldn't go to the movies like that same weekend, basically. And it was a really good practice. And I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that, but I am over that doing mm-hmm. that in my life, even though I really need to be doing it again, but I'm just <laughs> over living that way. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sick of the minimalism, right? Like forcing all of that, like on, on, on someone, it's almost like, it's like dieting. Like no one wants to do it. No one wants to hold back all of your, you know, all of your spending and not have any fun and not treat yourself. And sometimes I just, you know, I just don't feel like cooking dinner. Because yeah. that used to be one of our really bad uh, things we spent too much money on was, you know, eating out. We just spent an out- exorbitant amount of money eating out. Mm-hmm. But there's there's something to that, though. There's something about efficiency, right? And time and energy put into that. So, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it really is just easier to go pick up something. And sometimes it's not that much more expensive. Like a $5 banh mi is not more than what you're going to spend making a very fancy salad, for example, at home. True, true. true. Yeah. You put a uh, blue cheese on there or something, and then you're, <laughs> you've got a couple dollar signs in front of it, but the, um, oh man, now, now I want lay bakery. I know I work down the road from Lay Bakery and I have to forget it is there. You must like block that part of your memory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, I do. I feel like, but okay, okay. The cost of living in Vietnam, like, oh man, never mind, never mind. That's That's a whole, whole, that is a whole other topic for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so no spins. I just completely denied myself you know, all joy. And it's funny because last year, uh, 2020, I was on a no spin when the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and I was talking to one of our good friends on Instagram and she goes, Mandy, get over it. Now is not the time for no spend. (laughs) Like just, you know, enjoy your life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I kind of like, yeah, like I just, you know, I just want to stop being so like paranoid about spending money, for example, You're already quarantined, already stuck at home. Like, 
you know Mm -hmm, exactly live your life have some fun and treat yourself Mm -hmm. the uh um you said something that made me oh so so you just get you're like yeah you're right it's like giving yourself a little pep talk so I've been doing this thing recently where I felt that my like my verbiage the verbiage I use when I talk about money makes it feel like I will never get to the point of being rich or I don't even deserve to be rich which Mm -hmm. what who who says that like why would I block that part of you know of enjoyment or part of my life um because I feel like I do deserve that. I'm trying to like retrain my thoughts or even just come up with a mantra. Like I've been listening to that Cardi B money song, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like daily to make mm-hmm. me just have that mindset of like, you know, it's okay. You can get there. Just work your butt off. Keep doing what you're doing. Maybe get another gig and, you know, find a new way to budget, a new way to think about it, a new perspective. And, um, you can do it for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely more into like quality things quality. now as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have like tips if someone wants to mm-hmm. try the no spend some, uh, no spend experience? Yeah, I would definitely recommend, uh, going, um, going, uh, to read these two books that I, that started me on this whole thought. It's one's called the cheapskate next door. And the other one is my year of less. And both of them did basically a version of a no spend. And you're going to have to, it's, it's, it is like, not like when they say to like wean yourself off of something, for example, like some people say, wean yourself off of sugar. So you don't get headaches and things like that. Well, no, you need to just do it. Cold Turkey, pick a date and stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop all whatever frivolous spending. Now you can put in parameters. Like for example, if you're a really big family oriented person, you could put in, if there's a birthday, we'll, we'll go to the birthday. We will bring a gift, you know, right. or you can have like a budget for that. Or for example, by the time I finished it, I allowed myself like so much for, I think it was like 20 or $30 for entertainment. So I still could do stuff with my friends. Someone else I watched on YouTube would only get coffee unless, unless she was, she wouldn't get it if she was by herself, but she would go into a cafe. So she was spending time with someone. Right. So there's different rules. So you need to set your rules, set your time frame. And just, you'll start getting creative for really quickly. (laughs) Like you'll start being like, I want to go do something, but I don't want to spend this money. So you'll go walk the beach or you'll go camping or you use the equipment you already have to go camping. You'll, you'll use uh, your Netflix account and just pretend it's a movie night. And it's kind of, it's a really good way to, to like, see, you know, how much money you can save as well Mm -hmm. and what you really need and don't need. Right. So true. It part, puts that into perspective pretty well. I think that um, you mentioned uh, that someone you knew or, or someone was like only going to get coffee if someone invited them. I think that's a really good point to make because it's like if you're if you're doing the no spend um, challenge, I guess you can call it. If you're doing this challenge um, and then you on top of that have to cut out all social experiences that cost a little money, like that's so unfortunate. Like, cause then your mental health can be in, in, mm-hmm. um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Mental health could, could be affected. Yeah, exactly. So that's not any fun. Like maybe, maybe throw them, uh, throw a party at your place and have people come to you or, you know, find, you'll find creative ways to kind of, um, structure it to fit your life. But that's so true. Kind of budgeting just in case for those, um, like social events too is smart. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So there's a bunch of different ways. There's a lot of different resources. Uh, yeah, like I said, check out YouTube, check out blogs, check out the cheapskates, cheapskate next door and a year of less. And there was another blogger that was really good and sh- they were like real hardcore with it. Mm-hmm. They paid off like all their debt in like six months Wow. as like photographer and they were photographers. Wow. <laughs> I just can't remember the name of the blog. I really liked it though. They called it instead of a no spin, they called it a spending fast. Nice. Nice. Oh, okay. I got it. I remember it now. And then we saved.com. Cool. And then we saved. saved. So what are your financial goals going into the future? I have three financial goals. First, I I want to start um, kind of manifesting that uh, I, I deserve money Two, I want to, um, work my butt off and like, keep my schedule open for those, um, opportunities to come my way. And then three to, uh, keep paying down my debt, keep paying down the debt. What about you, Mindy? What are your financial goals? Um, my ultimate, ultimate goal is to be completely debt-free because I feel like that is the real form of freedom for our generation. It isn't being like extremely wealthy. It's being debt-free. So true. And so I definitely want to be debt-free, but in order to do that, I need to get through my master's program without any debt. And I need to find some better paying jobs, mm-hmm. whether that be like my side hustles doing better than they have been, or, and then ultimately I want like a really decent paying job that is right. not a school teacher. Cause we, we know how I feel about being in the school system <laughs> It really, that's not even that good of money. It just was really good money compared to what I'm making right now, but it was just, you know, complete misery for me to be in the school system. So there's that as well. You got to balance, but I just don't see why when I have a master's degree, I should be making what I'm making right now. That is ridiculous. I think I should be making a lot more money. So that is one of my goals is like I said, to make more money (laughs) so I can enjoy my life a little more. Have you, uh, have you looked at any financial resources? Have you listened to any podcast or any read any books about finances that you want to recommend? Well, I did start listening to money rehab, like you already mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like planet money on NPR. Um, and you also recommended that to me. I will say planet money is more of a big picture kind of right podcast about economics, but it is useful to know because they'll talk about what's going on with the stock market or if there's like the, uh, for example, when they had the big stimulus packages, they talked about where that money comes from and how it works mm-hmm. with the federal government. And that is all really good information to know. And it relates back to your personal finances eventually. I did get referred to a financial planner recently, and I'm truly excited to have a set up meetings with them so I can kind of um, understand what's going on and Mm -hmm. uh, with our finances and see if we can, you know, kind of um, make some better budget 
choices. So we'll see how that goes. And maybe I'll give some updates on whether it's worth it for us or not. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any investment accounts? We have, so not necessarily investment accounts, but we do have, um, we have invested in the stock market on our own. And then uh, is that an investment account? Okay, then yes, I do have investment accounts. We have invested some money in the stock market and um, yeah, that's about it though. Um, but yeah, I, I've actually, d- I've, yeah, I've dabbled in Robin Hood for sure. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. It's fun because it's like something that everyone can dip their toe mm-hmm. into, right? And feel yeah. like safe. You you can, you know, you don't have to spend that much money to get, um, to get some money back. So mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think we've, we've beat this dead horse enough to talk about money. Like I said, basically really just start thinking about how you're spending money. We didn't even get into the emotional feeling of spending money because shopping oh, is buddy. like a high for some people. It is for me, for sure. I love going to Marshall's and buying stuff like, so I, but I also have this guilt when I use my money. So my guilt is stronger than my urge to buy most of the time in all honesty. So there's a lot of places where you can get advice for living cheaply. There's plenty of places to get financial advice, but our main thought idea was to think about how you grew up, how your relationship with money has developed and how you would like it to develop in the future for sure. Right. If you can make it better and what are your priorities in life? Those are, those are the main things. Think about how you can kind of situate your life around your priorities. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. For more stories and all things Southern, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcast or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms at Don't Tell Momo. We would like to give a big thank you to David Sewell for the original music. Thank you to all of our Momos who have inspired us along the way. And thank you to Anchor for your incredibly user-friendly site.